0: Hello and welcome. I'm Olga Hannanen and this is Academic Experience, where we discuss topical academic phenomena in everyday language. Today we are at the University College London to meet with Dr Karen Wilkes, who is a lecturer in Critical Media Studies. Hello Karen and welcome to our podcast. Uh, Thank you for inviting me, Olga. Yeah, today we will be talking about the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and this is one of your research areas of interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear about the Caribbean islands, I have the picture of island paradise, mm-hmm. and I know that you worked a little bit or actually <laughs> researched uh, mm-hmm. how the uh, the image of the paradise has been constructed. So, mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so. Um My area of research, and one of them is is on um, the Caribbean, but on the visual um, language um, that is used in in tourism um, promotional materials. Um, And I was particularly interested in the way that um, myths of paradise or ideas of escape um, and luxury are, are packaged in a visual form. Um, and so what I noticed was these repeated ideas about um, empty beaches, um, you know, um, devoid of, of any real kind of urban context. Um, and also these repeated images could be anywhere in the Caribbean. So there was no way of distinguishing the island states between each other. Um, and so that's what I tended to, to find when I started to look at these these images. Um, but also what I started to notice is the way that, a particular um, product was being constructed around around weddings and using the region um, to host what what is now known as destination weddings Um, and kind of coupling that with um, the all-inclusive package. So um, this was a a kind of a new development in response to being able to kind of protect tourists in the sense that, um, you know, ideas of them being... um, unhassled you know or not having any real contact with with local people um it, it meant that the, the tourism promoter of the resort could 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 control the experience that the tourist was having um, and that's what i started to notice all these things were coming together so these ideas of, of paradise escape um you know access to um largely unpopulated beaches all of these kinds of ideas but what I also noticed, it, it was heavily dependent on um, references or tropes to colonialism and the idea that um, part of this luxury was about, about the service that you could get and what that service was actually um, referencing that history. And that's one of the things that I noticed. So um, one of the products that I was particularly interested in was this idea that you could have um, uh, an all-inclusive service that included a butler that was on hand all the way through your say so that person was dedicated to you um th- through throughout your your visit so yeah so these are the kinds of things that were of interest to me when i was looking at the the images mm. and mm. you
0: mentioned that you were looking into destination weddings mm. so is there a particular island or nation or uh, island state that you worked with or
1: yeah so i was particularly interested in in Jamaica mm-hmm. um and in particular how as I say that those those tropes of those ideas about um about colonialism were being repeated but particularly the staging of, of weddings um in the what, what used to be called the great white houses so the plantation houses um that were turned into um you know tourist tourist residences um and that's what you started to see what i started to observe in the in the images was that you know um the hotels were being named after um plantation houses and so what what i started to see again this another set of um ideas or myths that were being created around um getting married in a what was a reconstructed colonial site um and using those references, so particular, what I saw was repeated references to white. So you know, the White House, white beaches, and also really fitting in with that discourse of weddings, um, and using those those ideas and repeating them, you know, through, throughout the promotional material. White dress, a white of, dress, and a cool. white dress. So yeah, so but, you know, particularly um, using the white dress as a as a kind of a. a um, a hook, if you like. Um, and then all, all the decor surrounding that was to echo those ideas of this elaborate white dress.
0: I see, that's very interesting. And this is a picture that is created for tourists and consumers. Mm-hmm. But what about the other side, the
1: uh, service providers and uh, local populations? so this was yeah so this was one of the things that that i found that was um quite problematic in that um that the region is heavily dependent on on tourism for its you know for um its income generation um and i particularly wanted to understand well what are the terms of of um being able to welcome tourists in this in this way. And one of the things that I noticed was how you know the local populations were often um only welcomed into the resorts or say would work in the resorts. They weren't particularly um able to to use the necessarily use the facilities or the beaches. So there was a particular trend um in the 1990s of um beaches being privatised um and and you know people not having access to, to beaches that were once public. Um, I'm also particularly concerned with the way you know that the wages tend to tend to be low and because tourism work is seasonal and you know I understand that this is um not just the case of the Caribbean but when um you know when business is slow that those those workers are, are then um, let go um, so it could just position them in a, um, as, as quite precarious um, and then you are just responding to those demands of of the tourism industry, which you know um, as we saw with the pandemic, you know you have to respond to what what is what is happening globally, but it just leaves them quite precarious um, so these are the kinds of things that i'm particularly Um, interested in looking at how um, those people who are who are actually doing the labor doing the work what are their conditions um, in relation to you know what they're servicing Um, so um, following the pandemic I was interested in how um, the, the region is responding to and the falling tourism numbers, and you know what they were doing in 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 response to that. So that's how I've, I've come to really be interested in digital nomads and what um, what that means for the region. So I'm particularly interested in how that's going to really um, impact on the current situation of you know food insecurity, which is a, which is a big issue in in the region. That um, you know most of the region's food is imported. And so how that that is going to basically work out if if they're inviting people into the region, you know, what is that going to mean for local people? Because prices of food are already quite high. So these are the kinds of things I'm interested in.
0: This is a very interesting point because Mm. when we hear about the Caribbean and tourism in the Caribbean, we do not usually hear about issues of food insecurity or any other downsides
1: yeah yeah and i think i think that's interesting because um tourism has has been considered uh a success for the region in in that it's enabled uh many of the island states to service their debts um and prior to the pandemic there were you know there were some um positive um, comments being made about how the debts were being serviced and um uh, and tourism was um a, a tool of empowerment. it was described um, but one of the things the difficulties of that is is the way in which um those sets of debts have been serviced um i think um largely through low low wages um, uh, to to keep the region competitive um, that they you know keeping wages wages low that 's been one of the consequences. Um, and I think that there is a, a contradiction in saying that it's, it's empowering It yes lab, it is very labour intensive and, and um, you know it, it does mean that lots of people are employed but the terms under which they're employed um, does still render them quite precarious um, you know and and really a response to what's happening in terms of what, what tourists want so I'm particularly interested in looking at maybe how um digital name, how this trend is going to play out for for the region in particular if um tourists who who are largely affluent um are coming to the region um what kinds of demands will they be coming with what will their expectations be so um i mean in terms of you know um food what kinds of food will they be expecting um which has to be imported into the region um i don't think is is necessarily going to address the current issue of food insecurity which already exists so that you know that's some of the, the concerns that i i'm particularly interested in looking at um and also uh, with respect to for example internet access um internet access for the region is is quite expensive so um you know for for digital nomads i would imagine that that is one of the things that you would be looking for is that having really good you know internet access stay and math, stay, yeah. yeah that that in order to be able to do that work um that you need in good internet and reliable internet access um so they they're the kinds of things that i i'm interested in in exploring more as as you know this tr- trend continues
0: yeah and um before the recording, we uh, were talking
1: that the price of internet in Barbados is the, the sixth six highest, yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's high. It's quite quite expensive. So you know, um, if for example the local population um, don't have access to to things which. Perhaps in the global north uh, um, are considered utilities now, not necessarily as um, considered to be luxuries. Then um, there are power relationships there that that I think do need to be examined. I see. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of digital nomads and
0: looking at the um, Caribbean islands visa programs, digital mm. nomad visa programs. Mm. They've been among the pioneering island nations, and nations in general, yeah. who were launching uh, digital nomad visas as yeah. a um, as a reaction to the loss of visitors yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. So they were um, the first ones, and when you look at the prices of digital nomad visas, they are among the highest in yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, I checked that, uh, for example, Antigua and Barbuda has. Um, uh, the cost of the visa is uh, fifteen hundred US dollars, yeah. which is not uh, a cheap no, visa fee. No, and the uh, income threshold or income minimum income that is required is over four thousand US dollars per month. So yeah, they really targeting uh, a specific group of nomads, I would say, who yeah really can
1: yeah um, afford to travel yeah. to the Caribbean and stay in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. So there is. There is a concerted um, effort, really, to to target um, tourists or visitors who have a certain level of, of of income. And I guess my what I'm interested in is what is that going to do to the local population? You know, what where are those um, digital nomads going to live? You know, if they if you're asking visitors to come and stay for like periods of six months to a year, that um, i would i would be thinking well what kinds of services are they going to be expecting you know where are they going to live and how's that going to affect the local population is that going to have an impact for example on housing um you know on lo- on food prices locally and as you know we've also discussed um on internet access so you know if you're inviting people to come and, to come and live and and really um Settle for for a, a for a period. You know, what the services are going to be provided that perhaps the local population mm-hmm. are not necessarily getting. Yeah, yeah. that's an
0: important point to make. As now we hear in the news that digital nomads are increasingly accused of issues of gentrification mm-hmm. and um, of housing prices. Yeah. that, um, I mean. They are adding up to the gentrification processes that have been yeah, going on, um, yeah, all over tourism issues that um, have been present in, mm. in certain destinations already. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I know, I know. Like for example, I know in, in Portugal that those those issues are are quite current. That um, you know, where people want to go and work, where they want, you know, where they want to where their workspace is. What that means for local people in terms of and basic everyday things like if you want to go and get a, get a drink, um, being able to um, um, engage with um, you know local businesses, what that means for them if the attention is then turned towards visitors and perhaps not um, the local population. So it's it's how that is going to be managed really in the Caribbean, given. There. It already has a history of unequal power relationships. Well, how is that going to be played out? Is, is really co- quite um, a concern of mine. Really. Yeah,
0: thank you, Karen, for sharing your uh, important insights about the Caribbean region and yes. tourism context there. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Real pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening. Check out Academic Experience Elsewhere.